Nauta goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block from Brown. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Dogs win it. We're headed to Welcome back to the Damn Good Dogcast. I'm your host, Robert Reynolds. Already got a couple guests uh, for the G-Day special. Obviously, every dog fan knows tomorrow is G-Day. Got Mr. Ratledge here, Dean Ratledge himself, and Greg Vandegrift. Uh, I think everybody is aware uh, they're the father of, so don't need to explain that. Uh, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Me too. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, um, obviously, I think the the biggest topic of the day is G-Day being tomorrow. Uh, I'm assuming y'all are going to be there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be able to. I'm actually up in North Carolina. I got some stuff. Uh, I will be watching, however. So, um, obviously, there's a couple guests that are, we're still waiting on. So, when they come in, we'll pop, they'll pop them up. Um, but nonetheless, I guess let's go ahead and talk some G-Day. Uh, Dean and, and Greg, I, I know y'all went to several before. I know at least, Greg, you're right there in uh, Athens or Bogart, outside of Athens. So I guess for anybody that's never been, right, just in case they're listening and never been, what is that? What is a G-Day experience like uh, from, you know, from your perspective? Well, it's going to be funny. This, is, this will be my first game. You know, uh, I don't know how much you know our background. I'm from Knoxville, and my wife went to Auburn, so neither one of us are rolling over to Georgia too many times. So we are actually thrilled to be there with our son and thrilled to watch it. Right. Well, I'm a Tennessee fan myself, or I was. Uh, we've been to the last uh, two or three. Tate wanted to go to all of them. So uh, was it one, two years ago when the place was just packed out? I, th- I think that was a pretty awesome experience. So, but uh, uh, used to go to these things back in the day when uh, Mark Russell and them was there. I'm telling you how old I am now. They used to have these things connected with the uh, coaching clinics and stuff. Yeah. So, but I've been to a few back then, but I've been to the last two or three. So, yeah, it's big yeah. time. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Well, I know, Greg, I know uh, you said this will be your first one. And I, and I think some of that uh, can play into the COVID experience, right? Um, you know, Brock and, and that class of 2021, they, they didn't really get the, you know, the, obviously the uh, dead period kind of shut down any kind of recruiting uh, in regards to taking officials and things like that. Uh, Dean, I think Tate was able to, you know, this was before the pandemic, so he could actually go and, and take unofficials and officials, things like that. Yes, Greg, my question to you is obviously, you know, Brock senior, like I said, dead period kind of cut down these, these top, you know, these recruiting visits. Um, what was that like? Because, you know, that's definitely out of the norm for a you know typical re- uh, recruiting cycle. What was that like trying to navigate through that? Well, you know, fortunate for us, Brock was recruiting early on, you know, probably a lot like Tate. 
you know, he was identified as a, you know, late in his freshman year and sophomore year that he was going to be a high recruit. So we sort of start started his sophomore year getting ahead of it, trying to get out there and try to figure out who we liked. And, you know, we had narrowed it down really to Oklahoma Georgia, and Florida. Uh, just we felt like they did the best job with what Brock did, those kind of things. And so he committed, you know, I think around January 19th, Mm-hmm. So we still had a month really before COVID hit and closed everything down. But, you know, so the good thing was we knew where we were going. The bad thing is we didn't get to do all the nice stuff that <clears throat> visits, the whining and all that kind of stuff that you get to do to, you know, really get loved on by the school you're going to. So that part wasn't awesome. But again, we were glad to, at the end of the day, glad to play high school football and glad to get over there in January. Yeah, I was about to say, I know, um, I think every dog fan, when uh, when Brock decommitted from Oklahoma, I think every hair on every dog fan's neck and everywhere just yeah. kind of stood up and was like, is this it? So, And obviously, as a fan's perspective, uh, when I heard that, I just knew I was like, oh, is this it? And, and that's all I could think about. And then obviously, uh, after New Year, when he committed, you know, obviously, this was pre-COVID. So we were super excited because from what I've I kept up with, you know, Brock's a pretty advocate or pretty good advocate in regards to recruiter. Uh, He's going to recruit those guys. So with that situation hit, it was definitely one of those things where I think every dog fan was kind of relieved uh, because I know obviously having an elite quarterback in a class is is key really to a good recruiting class because, I mean, the quarterbacks kind of recruit themselves, right? The elite players want to come play. Um, So, you know, that was kind of one of those things where, we were all just super excited and, and kind of going over here to Dean uh, when Tate committed, right. We looking from a fan's perspective, honestly kind of nervous a little bit leading up to it. Cause I know the Tennessee ties there and um, kind of up in North Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, you pretty, you know, obviously had some solid ties there to Tennessee. Uh, and so when he committed, it was interesting to see you. Cause I remember you had to pull the, uh, the old Tennessee logo off and put the Georgia one up there. So I know that had to be a little bit different for you. Uh, I don't know. Tate brought that up. If I was going to keep that P on my truck. And I said, I said, no, if you don't commit to Tennessee, I'll take it off. And I had no idea that camera crew was out in the parking lot. I, I just walked out and said, well, might as well get it now. So I jerked it off and they had it on film. I'm like, my God. So, uh, <laughs> coach, I'm from Athens, Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he's from Knoxville. We're about 50 miles apart, but, uh, went to uh, Dean. I actually went to Tennessee Westland back in the day. Did you really? Yeah, which is in Athens. Yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's so right there. I love that. But but I knew for months where Tate was going to go, so there there was no pressure on us. Uh, yeah. Looking back, maybe he shouldn't even have, you know, had the Tennessee hat on the thing. I think he did that for my family and other people more than anything. But yeah, could have been I mean, a good idea. Could have been a bad idea. I don't know. But I'm gonna tell you what. Now I got my hind end roasted on on the internet by my Tennessee people over there. I, I, well, I was about to say, as Georgia fans <laughs> embraced you. I, I mean, I did. I, I know. Um, oh yeah. I, well, I, you know, it's always been his choice. I said, son, you you got to go where you want to go. And he he loved Georgia. Uh, wanted to go there, and of course, Sam Pittman had a lot to do with that. So yeah, you know, what was and, I think what was interesting about the the Sam Pittman situation was. Uh, obviously shortly after Tate had committed, um, you know, Sam left to go take the head coaching job down at Arkansas. And it was actually the, if you've paid attention, before. 
Yeah. So he was going to commit on a Friday, and and Coach Pittman called Tate and told him he was leaving on Sunday before. Yeah, so that was a big deal, uh, obviously, because you know, as a recruit, I can only imagine. Obviously, I'm not. I'm just your average Joe, basically. But um, you know, for me, I could imagine it being difficult. You know, if if Sam was kind of recruiting him heavily. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, Sam told him that he he fit he felt like he should stay at, uh, with the commitment with Georgia. Um, he did, which, which you don't really see that, which kind of shows you the, the you know the character for Sam himself. So, yes. you know that was something as well. And really, when when we heard that Sam took the uh, the Arkansas job, you started to really kind of get nervous about your uh, you know offensive line haul. Because at the time, we had a lot of good players in there. We knew it was going to be a good class, and you know, Sam kind of going, kind of like stung a little bit. But, you know, uh, I know, uh, I forgot one of, uh, Braun, uh, he left for Florida. I remember that. He was the only, really, the only commit to to uh, basically back off and go to elsewhere. Uh, okay. But everybody else stayed. And so it was kind of interesting to see that. I, I know I was biting my nails for uh, several days, really, after that, until we hired uh, Coach Luke. So I was nervous about that. Right. Well, at one time <laughs> – Sorry, Murphy. Oh, you're fine. At one time, I thought Tate would probably end up at Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about the time Coach Key left went to Georgia Tech. And Tate got a dose and, because I'd been preaching to him about you, you've got to do this for the school and the community and where you'd like to be, whether you're playing or not, and all of that. And not let personalities get into it. That's really telling those kids not to let that happen. But when yeah. Coach Key left Alabama, that that rang true. So, and Coach Pittman called him that Sunday night and told him he was going to Arkansas. And, uh, you know, Tate and him had talked about him, whether he was going to leave Georgia or not. And, you know, and Coach Pittman told him at one time, he said, the only t- only place I would leave here for is Arkansas. But then he told Tate, you know, there's more chances of that happening this late in my career. And I'll be dead blamed if it didn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, him and Tate had a good cry and I cried and everybody cried. And, but, uh, yeah, it was. That, I, I could I could only imagine that being a tough thing because you build those relationships so much, and the coaches recruit the you know kind of you know present the school to you and things like that. So you know right. when you when you come to find out that you know he leaves now, uh, obviously Sam, I think he took a, a dream job. He uh, did listening to his press conference. Uh, you can't be mad at that, right? I, I no. don't think a lot of Georgia fans either were mad about that. Uh, it's no. done, but I don't think he was mad. Um, so from there, uh, you know, it's it stung for sure, I, and I could imagine it being difficult. But um, I felt like Coach Luke. Probably, I'm assuming here, uh, when, once we hired Coach Luke, he came in pretty quick and started to build those relationships, and you know, from a higher up standpoint, kind of uh, basically salvage, uh, you know, the relationships and, and make sure that guys stayed. Uh, you know, kind of bringing it a little bit out of the personal realm here, but. Um, you know, obviously it seemed like Coach Luke did a good job there. And, you know, obviously it was after the season two, right in between the bowl games. So there wasn't a lot of time to really, you know, do a lot of coaching. But, you know, you could see how Coach Luke was. And I know they're two different guys in regards to their personalities. It seems like Coach Luke's more uh, – I don't know how you can explain it. He seems like he's more outgoing and, and more fiery, whereas Coach Pittman was kind of laid back. We were used to him being somewhat laid back. So, well, you know, like me, if he moves too quick, he's going to hurt something. Coach Luke's a younger guy; he can bounce around and holler and scream. I'll go, go on. 
uh, yeah, yeah, he 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 is. He he's very energetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. So, Greg, back to your situation. I know. Um, obviously, twenty twenty one class, uh, Brock enrolled early. Um, obviously, we know the quarterback situation. I don't really have to uh, explain it. Um, you know, I, my my thing is for him. Obviously, as an early enrollee, the the main thing is to learn the offense. And I know it's going to be a different offense. Um, you know, are you excited? I know you, GD. I'm sure y'all are going to be excited, but. Um, you know, what's the most exciting thing that y'all are going to see tomorrow um, in regards to your uh, son's plan? You know, we've been over the last two scrimmages. Dean, did you go to any of the scrimmages last two? Yes, sir. I've been to both of them. Okay. We went over the last two scrimmages. And, you know, just to be very honest, um, you know, you're going from playing high school football to learning an NFL, you know, team and, you know, it's like going from, again, first grade to try to go figure out some, you know, some history or something. And and so, you know, just – I asked Brock one thing when he went to Georgia. I said, look, I just want us to eat breakfast or lunch once a week, you know, and I just want to check in with you. And so just listening to him and talking to the coaches, it's a thing where he's got a lot to learn. You know, it's it's – they signal six things on every on every play. He's got to know all six of them. You know, the first week he didn't even he didn't even know the direction of the play. He didn't know you know who's going in motion. So, you know, um, just him going out and having some success, being relaxed. That's that's really all we're looking for. I mean, we're not expecting any miracles tomorrow. We're not expecting anything crazy. We just want him to go out there, get 15, 20 plays. You know, however many. And just know what to do on those fifteen or twenty plays. Really, that's, that's oh yeah, no, I know it's gonna kind of a little backstory here. Like I was a quarterback in high school as well. Now, I'm telling you, here's here's how you can tell North Carolina ball is a little bit different than your Georgia ball. Uh, so when I was a quarterback back in 07, 08, um, we did the triple option, so it was a lot different. But um, you know, looking at that right there, just kind of seeing you know high school ball for me. It was, it was kind of a, you know, a certain speed, right? It was kind of fast. But, you know, for kids like Brock and everything at that level, it's it kind of comes easy. Now, sure. obviously, I think we know the transition to college, you know, just from a perspective here, different, you know, especially SEC ball, the, the, the speed of everything is just completely different. It's super, you know, super fast compared to what he's in high school. So I, I think you're right there, but just kind of learning the playbook is, is a big deal because everything's more um, – you know, intricate and things like that. Um, let, me, let me stop for just a second. We have another guest popping in. Uh, let me introduce Miss Traley Hill. Hello there. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hello. How, how, is, how is this connection, though? Is it? Are we? It is. I'm, it's a plus for me. I see okay. everything. Right, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, Traley. So we were just talking. Uh, me, Dean, and Greg here. We were just talking about G Day and. You know, what were you most excited for in regards to that, you know, our, your children playing? Uh, so with Keeley, I know last year he was sidelined for the um, for the, the season, really, with the labrum injury in his shoulder. Uh, now you're looking at it where he's able to, you know, participate and everything like that. So, uh, you know, with G-Day tomorrow, I know you're going to be there, if I'm not mistaken. Of so course. What are what is your, uh, I guess you could say, most anticipated thing for tomorrow for for you? Um. 
I'm excited to see what our Bulldogs are going to do this season. Um, I literally haven't seen my son play, you know, on the field yet to date. Um, so this will be my first time. So that's what that's major exciting. Um, as far as as far as D-Day, I, again, my, I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed and uh, with with the highest expectations for our guys this year. And so I'm just excited to see what is going to come, what's going to unfold. I think this is our year. I know that we always say that, but. I think this yeah, is no, it. Uh, trust me, hearing it from, uh, you know, all all these other fans, Georgia fans, you were absolutely right. And honestly, looking at the, the talent across the board, uh, you know, I feel like for me, my personal take on this is I feel like this is the best year to have it happen um, with, you know, even with the injuries that we sustained so far. And obviously, I think the biggest thing for tomorrow, you come away with this win if, if everybody stays healthy, right? Um, so... That, I think that's the biggest thing there, at least from my perspective, is I, I want to see us perform at a good level, but I also want to make sure that we stay healthy um, because, you know, elite players, Tate, Keeley, uh, Brock, you know, elite players, but you, you can't showcase your talent if you're hurt. So that's the biggest thing, in my opinion, uh, what I'm looking forward to. Um, and I know um, when it comes to it, I know there's a lot of competition going on, right? So I know the the offensive line is especially competitive this year, uh, just from what I've been hearing and reading. Um, and, and kind of just really the, the front five is unset right now. Um, I, I think, and, and, and that's a good thing. I, I think that's going to make uh, everybody better along the offensive line. And, and to Keeley's point, in the secondary as well, you see a lot of, you know, a lot of competition there to kind of figure out who's going to fall into the, uh, the starting role. So, you know, obviously that competition is going to benefit everybody involved. Um, but in that case, you know, are we looking for the season? You know, what are your predictions on our record? I just want to kind of get each person's opinion on a record uh, out of the 12-game regular season. What are, you, what, are your, what are your expectations here? <laughs> uh, go ahead, Coach. You know, um, my opinion is, honestly, there's only two or three teams on the schedule that can realistically beat them. You know, now, any any Saturday, we can beat ourselves. And, you know, and that, that's a thing where, um, you know, if we don't beat ourselves and people stay healthy, I think we have a chance to, to have a great year. But, it's you know, it's a thing where, again, we're parents and we're fans. It's hard to win it. It's hard to win it all. A lot of things have to happen. You got to stay healthy. You got to get breaks, and you know it's it's just hard. I mean, but sort of like while we chose Georgia, we only felt like there's five or six teams that can really win it. You know, with Georgia being one of them. So, you know, I, I would be shocked if they're anything other than you know nine and three or ten and two or better. But yeah, I think from my standpoint, it's hard to, um, and I'll let everybody else speak afterwards. The if you're not familiar with the ESPN FPI metrics, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. They came out a couple of days ago uh, and they had Georgia projected to lose three games. Um, in my opinion, I didn't see those three games. I, I genuinely believe the Clemson game on September 4th could be your real deciding, you know, win or loss. If we win that game, that kind of from there uh, really dictates the year. Um, but if we lose that game, you know, it could go either way on that game. But other than that, I didn't really see where the three losses were coming. But, you know, for me, I'm going to say I'm going to say 11 and one. I, I, I want us to beat Clemson. And, and if we do that, I think we still end up 
losing, you know, it could be a 12-0 season. But for me, I just think that Clemson is going to, even though they lost Trevor, they lost, you know, they lost uh, ETN as well. Clemson's still a, a really a damn good team. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. So I could see it being 11-1. Uh, if we beat Clemson, I think we literally go 12-0. So that's where I'm at. Dean, Charlie, what do you think? I'm exactly where you are, actually. I'm thinking that if a school is going to give us a hard time, it's only Clemson, and it's only going to be because of uh, a slacking experience um, on, the, on the field. So um, I think that hopefully everything will fall in line and we'll be able to um, hang in there uh, halftime. Um, and if we can do that, then I'm going to say 12. But 11 and 1, it would be Clemson. And again, only because of our of our experience or thereof. Yeah. Dean, yeah. what about you? Well, Pate, you know, Tate picked Georgia uh, for a lot of reasons, but one was he wanted to be on a football team that could compete for a national championship. And there's there's not a whole lot of those around the country that have a realistic chance to to be in that hunt every year. I think Georgia is one of those. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of key games on your schedule each year that I mean that are pretty much must win if you want to be the champion and if you slip up in another game that you know I mean you put yourself in a bad place but I think George is very capable of having a great year and like coach said you know you've been in there for a long time one of the best football teams I ever coached in my life in high school went five and five and then one of the worst ones we had we won the region with them so you know go figure but uh mm -hmm. But I, th I think Georgia. I think Georgia will be eleven and one or undefeated. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I think you know, looking at it, um, I could see too. Right, look, when I was looking at those metrics, I could see a possibility where they were coming with the second loss. Right, I think obviously the the outdoor cocktail party. Right, the cocktail party is the game. Um, sure, we're playing Clemson, and that's going to be the biggest game of the year, regular season, no question. I, I think that's a, a unanimous consensus agreement. Outside of that, though, Florida is the game that every Georgia fan circles, and there's no, and there's every reason why. Georgia obviously, you know, slipped up and lost last year, and you know, obviously, you have the injuries, and you know, looking at that right there. But now you look at this situation where we have, you know, JT coming in, uh, which is basically Kirby's already said that that he's a starter, and and you know, you look at that along with you know, the super loaded backfield. You look at your receiving core being really as, as deep as I've ever seen it um, since I've been really watching the dogs. Uh, you know, and you look at the weapons on the offense and really the defensive line. You know, you look at the, you know, just look at overall depth. Uh, obviously, the questions being in the secondary, but I think uh, the new hire, Coach Day, and uh, Kirby's going to have that secondary ready to go. Um, so, you know, you look at that right there. I just don't see Florida coming close to beating us this year. Now, if, if I'm wrong, I will eat my crow. I get it. I, I just don't see that um, considering what they lost last year. Uh, so, you know, you lose a lot of talent, uh, Trask and Tony and Pitts, right? Pitts was being – I have a feeling Pitts will be a top five, no doubt. Uh, he's that good. But you lose all that talent, and you're kind of – where are you now? And I, and I don't see Florida beating us. I just don't. So that's where I think my concern with the three losses, I see Clemson, but after that, considering this landscape of the SEC, I don't see it. But um, 
But yeah, so I, I think we're all in agreement here. For the most part, you can see us losing two tops, but 11 and one sounds about what we're all in agreement with. Am I right there? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, stay. I'm gonna stay hopeful and go 12 and 0. But hey, it, <laughs> I'm could, sure no fan is gonna turn right. that down. Gonna get it done this year. Yeah. So yeah, you know. Um. Anyways, kind of moving on to the G Day experience, right? So from a recruiting standpoint, uh, Dean Traley, I know. I don't think y'all have ever met. Uh, obviously, Keely and Tate were in the same class. I don't know if y'all as parents had ever met. Is that correct? No, I haven't met her, no. I look okay. forward to meeting you, though. Yes, likewise. I was going to say, hey, you're going to G-Day. All y'all are going to G-Day tomorrow, so I'm sure it'll happen. So, right. um, you know, from that right there. But So when it comes to recruiting, obviously, you know, as a fan, we wonder how these things go because, you know, behind the scenes, y'all get to see things like that. What's it like on a visit, uh, you know, like G-Day, right, when you get to meet, you know, all these elite players are together and, you know, their families. What's that like from a parent, you know, commingling with other parents? I mean, do y'all make friends? And obviously, like, if other kids go other places, do y'all still stay in contact? Or how does that go? Well, I, I have for some of the guys that went somewhere else. But that group of kids that Tate was recruited with, the linemen, you know, I got to know them. I got to know uh, uh, Kendall's dad, Chris, real well. Mm -hmm. uh, a fantastic guy. I love him. He's a mess. But uh, it like sometimes you just end up there in the same spot weekend after weekend after weekend with people, you know, and then there may be others you only see once or, or something. You don't really have the time to sit down and, and build any kind of a relationship with it. But, you know, me, I'm a, I love people. So I just getting to meet everybody and, you know, and, and Tate's like that too. He just likes everybody. So, yeah. yeah, we had a great time. We had a great time meeting everyone and all that. Yeah. I think Greg's the outlier here because, like I said, uh, you know, Brock's class had the, you know, the displeasure of having the COVID kind of stop the officials and things like that. Uh, but that didn't stop, uh, you know, from having these uh, guys come in on, you know, on their own dime and do that kind of self-guided uh, visit. You know, obviously Tate, uh, not Tate, but Brock being so close, he could kind of do that. So, you know, as, as a parent for him, what was that like when you when you saw all these guys? Um, you know, coming in their own dime to Athens. And it seemed like, if I'm not mistaken, y'all kind of hosted everybody and, and kind of did that kind of visit that way. It's what, at least that's what I'm taking out of it. But, you know, that was a, that was a pretty cool gesture in my opinion. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it was obviously something different, you know, where none of us sort of knew what to expect, you know, with COVID and, you know, again, as a parent, you're trying to get your kid to the right school and, I know all these other people like the Bowers, for example, you know, they came out on their own, um, you know, trying to check out what's going on. And, you know, the NCAA is not allowed theoretically those guys to meet, you know, any coach, anything like that. And so now correct me if I'm wrong. D days like they can't host recruits this weekend. It, it's open. To, so if I'm not mistaken, it's open to the public, but the, the players, the players, um, do they do get, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they do get par uh, parents tickets, things like that. But outside of that, you know, they opened, I want to say 20,000 tickets to the, to the general public. Um, yep. typically they were holding season, season, uh, ticket holders, things like that. Um, going inside of it, knowing some people that are season ticket holders. Um, you know, they, people had the option for the Vanderbilt cancellation. 
um, you know, to, you know, to hold on to those tickets or whatever. Uh, they made sure that those people that, uh, you know, that obviously missed that game uh, were taken care of. So they offered the tickets there and then mostly season ticket holders. Uh, that's not going to stop people from, you know, kind of buying and selling things like that. I, you know, I get it. But um, if I'm not mistaken, kid, I, if I, I think kids might be having to actually sit there and buy the tickets themselves. Yes. See, that's and that was what was the situation last fall. Like, see, we're still under that situation where they can't host. So, like, again, when Keely and Dean and myself would go as a family to a game, you know, you're getting hosted. Well, that's still not, you know, right now. So, you know, all that experience is still on the parents' dime, so to speak. And, you know, so, again, it's people like Dean and Keely that, you know, we have to reach out to those parents and we have to, you know, love them into the Georgia family and, do our part as well to help recruit those people in because obviously if we want to win, we want our sons around, you know, the right kind of players, the other kids that, you know, they want to win and they're going to come do the right kind of stuff. I mean, you couldn't have said it better there. Uh, you know, and I, I've, I've wholeheartedly believed that the Georgia, uh, you know, dog nation is about as tight as you're ever going to see anything uh, from a fan base. I, I personally believe that. Um, and I've seen it a lot of times. So I have 100% evi- uh, confidence that Dog Nation is the best fan base there is. No question about it. Um, I want to talk to Traley for a second. So we're talking about visits, everything like that. You know, it, the funny thing is you kind of made history here. Um, everybody, I don't know if you remember this, Dean or Greg. There was a picture of Keeley and Traley with a certain uh, live animal, the snake picture the, that went viral. You know, it, it's interesting that the NCAA made a rule kind of stopping that a couple weeks after. That's where the history kind of played in there. What, what, what was that? What were your thoughts about that when it happened? Because I don't think Keeley expected that. Um, Keeley knows that, um, that that's something that I would do. Um, so I think that when he saw this, when he saw the snake, um, he thought he probably thought that that we're going to be posing with <laughs> with it. And um, and we did. He's scared of them. Obviously, he took off in one of the in one of the the videos. Yep. That was the picture that went viral. Literally was holding it and just kind of, I mean, like moved a finger, just barely flinched, and he was gone. His dreads were were um, they caught they caught the motion perfectly. Um, anyway, that was the that was the funnest day. It was a scavenger hunt. It was after a scavenger hunt. Um, and uh, I'm not sure, yeah, and I think it was over uh, G Day. Um, I'm so thankful that I was able to have that awesome G-Day experience. I was able to meet um, coaches, uh, defensive staff in particular, um, Dan Lanning um, at the time, um, uh, Charlton Ward was there, um, Nick who uh, Nick Williams, who played a, a huge role in our recruitment. I got to see these coaches and these guys that are going to take my son under their wing. As a parent, um, we're essentially dropping our children off with these men that we don't know to finish raising them, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, kind of, and guide them and mold them, um, into who they're going to become ultimately. Um, and I just was super, um, pleasantly surprised with everyone's personality, every, um, all of the coaching staff, they're a bunch of big kids. We had a blast on that scavenger hunt later, followed by the G day activities, which is a slip and slide. I ran and, went head first right next to Kirby, 
just oh just, yeah, I was gonna say Kirby doing that. It's it's interesting to see. I heard I heard about it when it was going on, and oh, it was funny. It, mm -hmm. I don't think fans get to see that, but I mean, nonetheless. So you know, it's a big recruiting weekend, right? So we know it's a big recruiting event. So we get hyped about it. Um, and then obviously you have different platforms and stuff where you hear about what happened because you know I'm not that person, but nonetheless, you hear about it, and it just sounds like it'd be a, a really a damn good time. Um, yeah. And, and I think to your point, though, like you were talking about having to, you know, somewhat theoretically drop your child off. The the 2020 class was really built around a lot of nationwide presence, right? Whereas 2021, 2022 class so far, you're starting to see a lot of Georgia-based, you know, recruiting class. And, and, I, and I think that the, obviously the COVID situation is causing that, right? Before the, you know, before that, you know, Kirby went out nationwide, obviously pulled, you know, pulled uh, – Keeley from Arizona, then you have Kendall from California, uh, Darnell uh, Big O from Nevada. So you can see he went kind of nationwide there. But obviously, you're starting to see a little bit in the 2022 class um, going a little bit outside of the state of Georgia. But I, I, I genuinely believe that come June 1st, when the when the dead period is gone, I, I think that right there will be the moment when people will really just be flocking to schools and, and doing these officials. You see it on Twitter all the time, kids just posting up their official visit dates. And as a fan, I couldn't be more happy for them and their family because it means a lot for them to be able to go out and do this. You know, you kind of take it for granted until the COVID situation hit. So, you know, I get excited when I see these things, even if it isn't to Georgia, because from a, you know, from a fan of college football, it, it's getting back to normal in regards to those visits. So, you know, it kind of it kind of really sucks for, you know, Brock's class that couldn't really do those those final years because your senior year, you're 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 torn schools, I can imagine. And and like you said, making sure that that's the school that you're choosing is the right one. Um, so I'm kind of glad, you know, what are y'all's thoughts about that? Them opening up the uh, dead period. I think they I think they should um, sooner than later that I, I think it's horrible that these kids are not going to have the opportunity that that I have, um, or, you know, that children are not gonna have the opportunity that my son had, the parents to uh, view and experience um, school as in depth as, as I did with multiple visits, et cetera. Um, I don't know how these children are making their decisions just off of very limited inf information. I, I feel bad is going on for them right now. I can't wait for everything to get back to normal. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, you know, I think it's gone actually way too long, to be honest. You know, if fans can come and watch a game or whatever, there's no way parents couldn't have gotten tested or something where, where they could have up across the room from each other, you know, at the University of Georgia and had visits you know, with some restrictions or some guidelines. I mean, but again, I understand the NCAA having to look at it with, you know, we've got to be safe and careful and all that kind of stuff and trying to stay out of litigation and whatever else could happen. But to me, again, like Traley said, you know, really the kid hurts. It hurts the, the recruitment of the kid, you know, and, and for a lot of them, you know, they can't make a real judgment. They're just trying to make the best judgment. So, you know, they're not getting to see the great facilities of Georgia. They're not getting to see all the things that, you know, we got to see and tour and be involved with. So uh, I think, the, the, you know, opening up June 1st 
probably a couple months too late, but I think it's awesome that it's happening. Oh, I agree. Dean, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I you know, all of these big schools, they, you know, they've got great facilities and, you know, they have all that. I think it, it, it comes down, you know, Tate wanted to get in business. He wants to be a business owner. And these kids that didn't get to come on visits and, you know, they're not getting to talk to academic people. They're not getting to talk to professors. They're not getting to get into the curriculum of, of what's going on in their subject uh, area. I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's a hard time in your life anyway, trying to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life. And you had not even really got started on it yet. And then to have to go in blind, not really knowing what to expect out of what's going to be expected out of you academically or, you know, the things you have to do. I, I think that's pretty tough. So I, I really feel for these kids. You know, my daughter's a junior and, you know, she's pretty decent. So, you know, and uh, she's not getting to talk to anybody or see anybody. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's just kind of, you're just kind of in limbo and you really don't know what to do. You want to try to make a decision, but you don't know what to, you know, like coach said, you're trying to make a, a decision and you just got to make the best one that you can, but you really, it's really not a good informed decision because you hadn't had a chance to get out and research things. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we've been going on for a good little bit. And so I wanted to bring up one final thing. Uh, obviously everybody's excited for G day. Um, I hope everybody has a great G day experience tomorrow. Greg, this is your first one. Hopefully it impresses. Um, but I'm going to do a quick Q and a here called the fifth quarter segment. And it's basically just, couple questions here. I just want to kind of get a feel for you. Um, so I'm going to start in this order. So from the camera angle, you got Dean, Greg, and then Trey Lee. So Dean, first question, and then I'll let Greg and then Trey Lee. What was your best memory from a visit to any campus, official or unofficial? Well, I think the thing that stuck out to me most was we was on the field before a football game. And as the Georgia Bulldogs was leaving the field, Kirby ran all the way across the field to speak to Tate individually before he went in. So that was that was pretty impressive, and I think it impressed Tate a whole lot. So that, I, I that, can see why. Yes. Greg, what about you? Well, this could be sort of funny or ironic. Um, so I, I lived in Baton Rouge for five years, and we went down to and we one of Brock's best friends is an LSU fan. So we jumped in, we had an open date. We jumped in the car at five o'clock in the morning, drove down to LSU, went through the whole LSU experience. And, um, and the Johnsons are real good friends of ours, you know, here in obviously in Oconee County. Okay. So with Max Johnson, they're real good friends of ours. So anyway, we go to the game, you know, we, or excuse me, we did went through Friday's practice and we went <clears> to the deal and it was the Georgia game. And, you know, LSU won and the place went crazy and everybody went on the field and Brock went in the locker room like at the end of the game. And that place was a zoo. I mean, it was unreal. Just a great game day experience, you know. And uh, But I told Brock, when Brock talked about how much he loved LSU, I said, that's awesome. But if the Johnsons go and we're family friends, we're not going down there and getting in the middle of that. And so, anyway, it was a great game day experience. It was awesome. I mean, it just happened to beat Georgia that day, but we were trying to make a business decision. You know what I mean? It oh, was absolutely, absolutely. I can our our personal feelings. I mean, again, Brock grew up going to Auburn games. You know, as a six year old, he tackles Albie on the sidelines. 
know what I'm saying? Because we got some sideline passes. So <laughs> we had to take our heart out of it, and we had to make a business decision on what's the best place. Charlie, <clears throat> best memory from a visit to any campus? Definitely. Official or unofficial? Definitely the G-Day. Definitely the snake. <laughs> it was a blast. Again, <clears throat> I'm I still, still visualize that in my head here. Yes, it's, we, it's, it's, uh, we ran around and did a scavenger hunt before that. Um, yes. and, so, yeah. and so it was all around campus. And um, we teamed up uh, with recruiters. And um, of course, I was with defense. Um, and so I just I was really thankful to have the opportunity to get to know these men who are going to be taking my son under their wing and holding him. Um, and I had, it was just a blast. Um, it was informative. It was equally informative as it was fun. And um, and I was able to meet everyone. And uh, they made such a positive impression that we came back again. There you go. And again. Dean, <laughs> next question. Are you ready for this? This is this is going to hit you home, hit home for you right here. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Describe this. Describe Tate's mullet. I need to see this thing. It's beautiful. He, if I had any hair, I'd grow one. You know. No, he started growing that to aggravate my wife because when 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 he was here, she would you know she wouldn't let him do all this, and uh, so so he got out of the house. He said, "Mom, I'm growing a mullet," and there, and there it is. But uh, I, I I don't have a problem with it, and she's she's good with it too. But. Hey, you know, I told you I had to go to work. Let me say one one thing real quick. And let me get out of here. I want to tell you the funny thing on Pittman one time. We was at Florida, and we're sitting there, and the game has started, and Tate gets a text from Coach Pittman, and it says, what in the hell are you doing there? You are not going to go to Florida. Get in your car and leave. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. I got to go I got to go to work, and it's. I look forward to meeting you guys. And, Coach, I look forward to seeing you in a more friendly atmosphere. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Dean, Thank thanks, thanks again. Look forward to meeting you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, Greg, what are your thoughts on the mullet? Uh, typical private school reaction. You know what I'm saying? He was at Darlington, just like my son. Private school, you got to have off the eyebrows, off the ears, off the collar your whole life. And then you get the minute you get out of the house, you're growing it out like no other, from facial hair to being a hippie so that's what they're both doing <laughs> charlie what are your thoughts i i, I can't vision I, I saw it on twitter and it's just one of those things that just it gets instilled into your brain and it doesn't go away what what's that which one not tate uh Dean oh his son tate his uh mullet it business went around twitter party. business in the front party in the back hey you know oh. let me see if i can pull it there we go it, that that's the picture it, i try hey, to pull it up it's throw. It, it is a. It's an older style, but it is. I don't doubt that it comes back. Everything is circulating and coming back. So, that's his thing. Uh, he might even. He might be very well known for having this mullet. I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. When I saw that on Twitter, immediately my head went. Billy Ray would be proud, and I had to tweet this out. That mullet is so beautiful that a country song is going to be written about it. I just feel it coming. Okay. Things beautiful. It's a cult following. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> if, he, if he would just get that perm like everybody else did back in the day, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, Charlie mentioned it. You know, things are coming around full circle. So don't put it past it. It's coming. Yeah. 
everything's coming. All right. Next question. Uh, Greg, uh, what, so you've been to several colleges, I would assume. Yeah. What yeah. is your best, what is, or what's your favorite college pregame entrance? Um, you know, I, mean, I, I like, I, I like what Georgia does. I like what, I really like what Auburn does. I mean, they, you know, they're, I like their highlight thing that they do and the songs they play. Um, I'm trying to think everywhere else. I mean, like Clemson was blah, Florida was blah, uh, LSU's, you know, okay, pretty good. Um, I would say Georgia and uh, Auburn probably do it the best for me. Charlie, what about yourself? Do you have a favorite uh, pregame entrance for any school? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I like Georgia. I like the way we do it. I like Georgia's. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with home. You know, I, I have when it when it comes to these questions here, that I definitely have to take the Georgia hat off, and that's okay. Greg, I don't know if you've ever saw this, or either one of you saw this, but. Back in the early to mid-2000s, when Virginia Tech was a powerhouse, if you ever watched their entrance uh, before the guys run onto the field where you have inner Sandman and the stadium is just jumping, do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and just type in Virginia Tech entrance, and you'll understand. Um, just watching that, I've never been to Blacksburg, but watching that, it is intense. It, it, you get that feeling where, like, I'm not even a Virginia Tech Hokie fan, and you get hyped up. It, it's one of those things. Um, so I would have to say that. Now, 2019, Georgia-Notre Dame under the lights coming out, that had chills as well. So th those are kind of like a 1A, 1B for me, but definitely the Virginia Tech is something you kind of want to check out. Well, the environment, you know, also creates the excitement. You know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. Georgia you know, environment, you're already amped up, can't wait for what's about to happen, you know, so sort of like the light show at the end of the Georgia-Notre Dame, I mean, for everybody that's a Georgia fan, that's iconic to them, you know, when that light show happened. You know, I, I can't be wrong there. All right. Oh, I think this might have one last one here. Traley, I know we've talked about this before. You might not have an answer to this, and that's okay. Greg, what is your favorite song that is a, that's kind of tied into a university? And, and kind of an example, Alabama's tied to Sweet Home Alabama. Sure. All right, so there's a few of them. Uh, I do like, and it's not Teenage Wasteland, but it's uh, the Who song. Um, Baba O'Reilly? Yeah, that they play at Georgia. I love that mm -hmm. song that they do. I like... Um, you need to be at LSU when they play, when uh, Garth Brooks, they play going to Baton Rouge. or Calling Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. They're, they're singing it like crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, again, Auburn when they sing um, Living on a Prayer. You know, th those are yep. three really good experiences. You know, I do like the sway of uh, the Gators, but I just hate them. So, and then, again, being from Knoxville, you can't leave Knoxville. It's like going to the World's Fair or going to Disney World and not singing It's a Small World 5,000 times, you know. You can't leave Knoxville without humming it, even no matter how much you hate them. Yeah, I know a side story here. Went on vacation to uh, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area, which is right like 15, 30 minutes away from Knoxville. 
all the Tennessee orange, you saw that, and, and Georgia's sitting there playing. I'm in Georgia stuff, so you already getting looks. And it's just funny because Tennessee was getting their tail beat and Georgia was blowing out a team. So I was like, I was watching this because they had it. I was in a store and they had the Tennessee game on and they were getting beat and these people weren't even turning the fan on. I just sat there and just looked and watched the game. I was like, well, y'all having a rough day, ain't you? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but no, I think, Charlie, I know you, I don't think you have one. Heather, if you, yeah, you give me another question. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So what is a math question here? What is five times 20? Are you serious? Hold on. Yes, oh. I'm, I'm being serious. A whole hundred. There you go, 100. Um, so that kind of ties into my next thing here. Um, so I, I've dealt with um, the 7-6 apparel company. And, you know, they have those donation shirts, the team trailing, and you saw it. Because uh, I've posted, I've kind of been a very big advocate for that. Um, I know they uh, basically, if, if anybody's not familiar with that, Greg, the, the seven six, they have a donation shirt, Team Trailey shirt. Uh, all proceeds of that shirt goes to uh, Trailey's GoFundMe page and helps her with cancer treatments, as everybody knows she's going through that. So okay. the 100 comes into play because after this goes off, I'm donating 100 bucks to your GoFundMe. And I'm getting everybody a shirt that was on today. Oh, that's awesome. Thank I you. Once, once you're in dog nation, always dog nation. When this, when this, um, when the subject comes up, I'm sorry, I get emotional. Oh, that's okay. Still, I'm still going through it. Um, I have, I'll be done with chemo the end of July. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm ready for things to get back to normal coronavirus wise. And with, with my health, or I'm sorry, with my health. Um, I can't, I'm so surprised that, um, that that company did that. Uh, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to see anyone in that shirt and my makeup off. I'm probably going to bring a little bag to go and touch it up because just you even bringing it up, I, I could have kept to go. I could have got worked up. Um, it's, it's a big deal. Um, to me, I'm so thankful for the support that I've received from dog nation. I could have never imagined that this many people were going to care about me and, and my situation. Um, it's a, it's a huge blessing um, from the GoFundMe to the messages that I receive. Um, and like you had mentioned, you've been in contact with me as, as well as a bunch of uh, fans in Dog Nation and the dog family. And I look forward to meeting as many as I can on tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I could have never imagined that, that I was going to receive this support. My care is at Cancer Treatment Centers of America and everyone's kindness and generosity contributing to, to that GoFundMe is allowing me to receive that care. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize if I threw you on the spot there, but, um, you know, going through what you're going through, I've not personally, but I've dealt with it personally, uh, you know, so I understand how much support means, um, you know, watched it go through with my dad, aunts, you know, stuff like that. So I understand the importance of a support system. Um, so whenever there's a chance for me to kind of be an advocate there, I'm going to do that. If I can help in any way, I'm going to do that. So that's the reason for, you know, the donation and things like that. It's not a good, you know, it's a good deed, but I'm not trying to humble brag or anything. It's just, I genuinely care because it hits me different too. So, uh, so that is that. And I think that is 
all the questions that I have for this fifth quarter segment. Y'all, y'all stumped me. I thought, I thought I'd stump you a little bit, but you kind of got me there. Traley, our prayers are your way. I had no idea. God bless you and uh, and uh, our prayers again from all the Van de Grift. Okay. Thank you so very much for the entire dog family. I am so thankful. On that note, obviously, G days tomorrow, two o'clock. If anybody's listening and you don't know where to tune in, SEC Network Plus. Um, that is where it will be streamed. So make sure you tune in on your TV. If you're at dog, if you're at G Day, go out to Greg, go out to Trey Lee, tell them go dogs, right? Dogs. Yes, yes. Come find me. Um, uh, I'm. I've, I've been vaccinated. I'm gonna have my mask on, of course. But um, I safety first. There we go. Yep. <laughs> All right. Greg and, and Traley, like I said, again, thanks for stopping by and having some good discussion here. Obviously, everybody's hyped about G-Day. So am I. Um, I hope you all have a great experience tomorrow. Greg, I hope you have a great first time there. Absolutely. And Thank I, you. And Traley, I know Traley's going to have fun. That's just how she is. She's just going to have a blast anyway. <laughs> That's right. So on that note, guys, uh, like I said, thanks again for coming out. And on that note, Catch the damn good dogcast on the next episode. Go dogs. Go dogs. Bye-bye. Ever since I started podcasting, I've used Buzzsprout. And let me tell you this. You cannot go wrong with Buzzsprout. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. One of the hardest things about creating and starting your own podcast is not knowing what to do. Buzzsprout, it's super easy. You, they will help you out in regards to what to do. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And Buzzsprout is the best partner you could imagine. Uh, you'll get a great looking podcast website. Audio players that you can drop into your other websites. Detailed analytics to see how people are listening. Uh, and other tools to promote your episodes. And there's a lot more than just that. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Follow the link in the show notes and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan. And it helps support our show. Mm-hmm.